This Women's Month, we get up close and personal with a few South African women who run their game. Another edition of Her Story Unplugged. I'm super excited uh, about this series that we're doing with 947 Drive with Tando. We get to have in-depth conversations with women that we otherwise probably wouldn't be able to have, right? And it's one thing to read about somebody, but it's another to be able to pick their brain and find out what it is that makes them the incredible woman that they are today. And joining us now is a author, businesswoman, philanthropist, ladies and gentlemen, Amanda Dambuza. <laughs> to have you thank you so much um and we thought you know what with with her story unplugged it's not just about the conversations we wanted to celebrate you today uh-uh. and firstly people think like when you're a woman that's like excuse my my language but kicking ass yes um you know making money changing the game <laughs> uh, entering you know boardrooms that yes. people otherwise think you maybe would ordinarily not be in that you may be like a very stiff serious yes, yes. person but you're not <laughs> so i have a surprise for you yeah i found a song that i think that you may like okay. on your instagram and then but we have to dance for yes. yes so that people yes. can see that you know what? There's many. We are multifaceted. <laughs> we can. We can. You, you know the song, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay, then we have to dance. We have to dance. Okay. Hey. But you, you have to teach me the dance. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, are we <laughs> I love that, Amanda. I love that. I love that. When I saw the video, I'm just like. No one would believe me if I told it, so I have to make her dance in person. I had to make you dance because otherwise people wouldn't believe that you are the person that I saw that you are on Instagram. Yeah. Are you, do you find that you constantly have to explain who Amanda is? Because people forget that you're, just, you're, you're a human being first, right? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Yes. I'm really excited to be here. Thank, thank you, you so coming. much. Yes, I, I actually don't ever have to explain myself mm. because... Um, I, I believe that, you know, as, as young girls, as women, we constantly required to explain ourselves. Mm. And um, I am who I am. I am what I am. Yeah. And there is nothing to explain, you know. And, yeah. and I am a multifaceted human being. Aren't we all, though? We are. Aren't we all? We are. But we always have, you know, we come from cultural backgrounds where we're told, you know, you you have to, a girl must do this, a girl must speak like this, a girl must not mm. do that, must not do that. So, therefore, I, I am 100% about flipping that script yeah. upside down and say, why not? And, yeah. I, I mean, let's talk about your book, Baked in Pain, because yeah. that's almost you, I'm not explaining yourself, but sort of showing what it's, what it's taken to yeah. get to where you are yes. right so humble beginnings born uh, in KZN you moved to the Eastern Cape yes. what was that upbringing like oh, that was traumatic um, absolutely horrendous uh, childhood but I mean I, I wrote Baked in Pain because firstly I wanted to confront my own pain mm. um, and I was 40 years old when I published Baked in Pain wow. so it was literally like a coming of age for me yeah. and and also to actually say to the people that have been clapping for me all along, because remember, Baked in Pain came after many awards, made much recognition, mm. much celebration around my name and myself. And, and I said, you know, as a gift to the people who are clapping for me, I want you to know who you are really clapping yeah, for. Yeah, like take a page from my book. Correct. 
more like where you know where I've come from. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what Baked in Pain was about. It was um, just that confrontation of a very harsh childhood. Um, as you said, I grew up in the, I, I was born in KZN. Okay, so let's talk about that rejection. Yeah. At, at what point do you find out that your dad has rejected you because you are female? I was told by the extended family. So we were, we were born in KZN. Then my, clearly I wasn't born the boy that my dad desired. Then um, they were literally crumbling anyway. So, but it seemed that the boy child would rescue the union, but it was long dead, mm. right? So um, when I was born, then obviously they ended and my mom went, took us to the trans guy where she herself she, okay. had come from. So then she also left because mm -hmm. she, my mom was young. She was like 27 years old, you know, came to Joburg to find work and didn't come back. So when we grew up, the narrative was that I was told by yeah, often. extended, you know, by the family that we are orphans. We so I mean, what was the, the conversation, right? Because is it your mom has gone to Joburg to look for work uh, or is it Banlashile? No, but no, but it didn't start off like that. It started off as you are orphans. You don't have parents. Exactly. You don't have a, a mother. You don't have a father. So I grew up kind of knowing that. And then I think I must have been about seven or eight when I was introduced to my mother. Wow. Yeah. So, but there were no, there was no drum roll. There was no, hey, listen, by the way, uh, let's correct what we may have yeah. said to you for whatever reasons we said it. Um, no, it was an event, uh, but of course in my head it was an event yes. because um, one moment I don't have parents and then the next I have a mother. Yes, yeah, so she just walks in and life must just continue. Yeah, but she disappeared as quickly as she had come. What impact does that have on, on a young Amanda? And, mm. and, and some, I, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about this, but I look at um, obstacles and, and trials in life as an opportunity. Yeah. More than, and you may not recognize it for yeah. what it is at the time, yes. but in retrospect, Yes. It becomes you are better for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually also think that's just how we make ourselves feel, feel better. better. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, when yeah. things don't make sense, yeah. that's how we make ourselves feel better. But I, I was definitely um, baked in that experience, and I was baked in in understanding that. And I mean, I, I, I chronicle all this in my book. But I, I was really uh, on my own, mm. and that I had to learn to survive independent on my, of my environment, in fact, in spite of my environment. Yes. And to, to understand that even as a child, what was it that I needed to get on, to get by, to get to the next? And that was hard work. It's funny because in life there's two choices, right? When yeah. life deals whatever, cards, or hands yeah. you whatever cards it hands you, you either thrive mm. or you don't survive. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is? Because I, I imagine there's lots of young people yes. who are going through, you know, difficult things in their lives. And it's either you succumb to those things yes. or you rise above them. What do you think informed that mm. for Amanda? I think there was this, I mean, there's, there's a big underlying faith element for me because when things are not making sense, you have to find something that mm. kind of like you, you have to hold on to. So even back then as a, as a, as a young girl, I, I always just, all the things I was getting told, you know, you're gonna amount to nothing, nobody wants you, the abuse that I suffered. And somehow it just never deeply resonated with Love me. That. You know? Love that. It just never made sense. It never stuck. It never stuck. And, and it doesn't mean it didn't have a negative impact, yeah. but it just, you know, when something inside of you, you feel like 
no man, surely I must be born mm. for something better than that or greater than that. And that's a, that's a, that's a faith conversation. Yeah. It's funny you say that because you also, I, I heard somewhere, I think an interview you did, where you said you didn't really have dreams. Your dream yeah. was just to be older. Yeah. And to be able to get out of the circumstance of your physically abusive yeah. uncle, your sexually abusive yeah. other uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as you came of age, what, what flipped the script? I, I remember, in fact, it was, it was like a light bulb went on. I was 23 years old. Mm. I had just finished university and um, sat down with my mother. She wanted to speak to me and my sister. I'm, I'm the youngest and I have two siblings who are older than me and she wanted to talk to us and because it's always been a really tough relationship. We didn't have it because we actually ran away where we were in the trans guy when I was 13. Yeah. My sister was 15, my brother was 18. And we rocked up in my mom's shack in Shenguville. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a, a very, very, very interesting time for all people. See yes. I can't, I can't imagine your mom's look <laughs> on her face when the three of you rocked up. Do you remember that, that exact day? I was quite young. So all, really. all I remember is that um, I just wanted her to embrace me. Mm. I wanted her to tell me everything was going to be okay, mm. you know. Um, but needless to say, that didn't happen. Um, and and it, it's a... It, what was the question? <laughs> I don't even remember. But, but I mean, let's talk about when you first then arrive at... No, so there was the question you asked that I have to answer. Um, what was it? Does anyone remember? Why I, I did it just disappear? Yeah, we, we are in conversation. We are inside. Oh, no. When did it, when did it click? Yes. I have to answer that. So I'll just pick up. Um, so so anyway, so when we rocked up, it was it was quite a quite a change for for everyone. It was my mom had a new husband and had oh. never really raised us. Um, Did she have other children? No. Okay. No, no, it's just the three of us. And and you know, for so when she called us to come and sit down and and have this chat mm -hmm. when I was about twenty three, um, it was about. I guess, trying to, you know, start to open up the conversation. Mm. Um, and let's just say that the, we, we are always looking for answers from people. And when we get the answer and it's not what we want, then we, we either become incredibly distraught or you actually choose another path. Mm. And when we were having this conversation, um, she was explaining herself and why she wasn't there, um, why she didn't raise us. And, and I guess in a way trying to to give us her side of the story, but there is no side to a story. Um, there, there's no winning in this kind of uh, relationships where, you know, decisions led to abuse, led to yeah. trauma, led to, yeah. and there is no, um, it's your fault, it's not your fault. It's those cards that you, you spoke about, you were dealt those cards, but obviously as a mother, as, you a, could have stopped as a father or as a parent yeah. or as a caregiver, your job is to look after your children mm. and if they've suffered as a result of you not being there. So that conversation was, um, she knew all the things that were happening to us. And how, did, how, did, how did she know? Because she was plugged into the system, she knew, and the same people who were telling us those horrendous things were the same people who also made sure that uh, she mm -hmm. knew some other things. But, you know, it's easy to want to wanna find a villain in mm -hmm. a story like this, but there are no villains, there are no victims either. Mm. Um, so I'm not a victim of anything. Mm -hmm. And that, that moment for me was pivotal because I realized that 
you know what, I can spend the rest of my life trying to find answers. I can spend the rest of my life pointing fingers. Mm. It's not really going to change anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just going to make me a better person. So I started to really focus on how do I rebuild the foundation that was lost yes. and become the person that I always wanted to become, Correct. the grown-up. <laughs> where you attained yeah. dreams you didn't even know you had. Correct. Um, Correct. You then go to Wits University, you study yeah. a BSc. A BA. Uh, a BA. Yes. Um, you then are in a call center for yes. almost three months. <laughs> yes. what, what, what were you selling? <laughs> I wasn't selling. Yes. I was resolving pension queries. Okay. So it was an insurance, life insurance and insurance company. Okay. And we, we, were, um, we would take the calls when the Gogos have not been paid okay. their pension. It was a horrendous job. I mean, you only lasted there three months. Yeah, and I couldn't because I just, I, I was constantly, <laughs> I was constantly being told the call has exceeded four minutes. Oh, no. So I'm not performing well. Okay, because, you're taking like, too long with the gogos. You're taking too long. Gogos. Like, <laughs> like, how do you tell a gogo who's distressed, hasn't been paid, exactly. has walked a mile, that, oh, by the way, I only have four minutes to talk to you. <laughs> so, so thank goodness work. that doesn't last very long. A friend no. of yours has a project management company that yes. they start up. They want you in as an administrator. And that really sort of springboards your, your sort of very now lengthy career in yes. project management. Yes, yes, yes. I actually said to him, it's definitely not going to happen here. But I was still filled with you know that that youth energy and 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 confidence yes. because i just graduated i knew who i'm gonna get hired anyway yes. <laughs> you know? i've got a degree i've got a degree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm cute <laughs> <laughs> and i i was willing to sit at home and and not work um but i knew what i wanted and that job wasn't it mm. and um and i said to this fr family friend and he you know i'm like this is my situation i'm just gonna start looking for something else and he said come and try out oh, nice. I became an intern a graduate intern I made tea so you you make it sound like project administration yes. like You're yes that was my title but I was mm -hmm. I was making tea I was making sure the workshop rooms where where there was pens there was flip charts there everyone was coming for training because it had a training leg to it yeah um, Everyone was coming through for training was well looked after. That was my job. But I did it with such great pride yes. because it was such a wonderful yes. opportunity. You, I think that's a lot of what young people perhaps miss these yeah. days, right? We're the generation of instant gratification yeah. where things must happen now. Yeah. And I must show them on Instagram. Yes. It's me, yes. I am the CEO yes. of this and that. But you <laughs> haven't made the tea. CEO of nothing. Exactly. <laughs> How important is grinding and starting from the bottom in order to firstly have have a, a long career and yeah. I think people miss a lot of lessons along the way yeah. by trying to skip steps well instant things are instant they are the quality that they are for a reason mm -hmm. right so um, it's and I'm thinking now here, like coffee type preference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instant, Instant coffee, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and And it's all about the, the quality of the output over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And I... I I do think that you don't necessarily have to stop scrubbing floors uh, to be great at what you do, but whatever opportunity you have, you cannot be bigger than it. You cannot be too important for your dreams. So for me, it didn't matter that I was making tea or coffee. Yeah. I, I knew that in there, I was getting trained, free yes. training. In fact, I became a, 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 a trained project manager before I was even practicing as a project manager. Mm. Now, I didn't come from a background where I had anyone to pick up the call and phone 
for backup or you or know mentorship no like for anything yeah so i've always had myself to rely on okay. and that means i'm gonna do what it takes you know so so i think that there, there is this unfortunate expectation of instant success mm. but also remember now these days you can also manufacture success so you can just take a photo and post it and you're successful mm -hmm. but only you know the truth and yeah. that's what matters also when you yeah when you lie in bed alone at night correct you know what the truth you can lie to the world exactly. you can lie to yourself so exactly. you have to you you whatever opportunity you get you have to take it as though it's never gonna come again. Mm. The problem is that sometimes people touch opportunities with such slack, you know, just where they're not invested in, yeah, in and they, and they, in the their process. ethic is not admirable yeah. and they, they reckon, ah, you know what, another one's gonna come. I n I don't come from a world that says another opportunity this is gonna it. come. Till today, people will be like, but you are Amanda Dambuza, this mm. thing's gonna happen. I'm like, hey, like mm. whatever I touch, I touch with excellence. I, I have to have a lasting impact and a that. lasting impression. Um, you're also very big on mentorship yeah. and on, you know, teaching younger people. Yes. Why, why is that? Is it you not having that sort of structure? Is that what's informed that sort of feeling for you and that passion? Yeah, I guess that's, that's the obvious uh, answer. But um, I'll tell you that when I was, when I mentioned, you know, faith and, and how I feel that that drove my, my, my ability to survive my childhood, Faith fuels determination mm -hmm. and, and, and hope, you know. So if, if I've been there and I've proven that you can rise above it and you can succeed, mm -hmm. then it must be recorded somewhere in the heavens that I am now doing something with my life Great. and therefore passing forward all of that that I learned back then. And, and so, so on the one end is to say, I know what it's like not to have that person mm -hmm. Um, but I actually also selfishly want to record my own good deeds with that. God, you know. I love that. And people aren't honest about that, right? <laughs> yeah. People aren't honest enough about that because we always make like everyone a charity case. But <laughs> no. also deep down inside, you, you want to feel like I did something. Yeah, of course. I made an impact. Of course. I changed somebody. I life. want. I want the people that. And and I'm I'm not. I'm proud to say that I want anyone that I have helped. I don't want flowers. I don't mm. want long thank you letters. No. But when you're sitting somewhere in your, in your home and you're having a nice warm soup with your family and you're filled with so much gratitude that Amanda helped enable something in yeah. you, that for me is the prayer I need to keep I going with my own life. So, yeah. so it's definitely for me to also bank some of that stuff and to also keep in touch with that feeling that I had back then mm -hmm. as a child, which was... God will never leave my side, you know, mm. or God would never abandon mm. me. And it doesn't matter what you believe or what you don't believe, but it, it matters to, to exist in a world where you know there's something bigger than you. Correct. And I think I was chosen for something bigger than just myself or my circumstances. There's a lot of responsibilities that come with that when you yeah. are the so-called chosen one. Because yeah. it is, in fact, it's not so-called. I feel like there is always a chosen yes. one in a family. Yes. And I think being a black female yes because ordinarily i mean we'll take it back to your father in his mind the chosen one would mm. be the son mm. but mm. god forbid it's the daughter yeah and it was you what what are the responsibilities or, or the burdens i'll even go as far as saying yeah. burdens that you experienced after success where you now have to go back mm. to so-called black tax mm. 
Yo, <laughs> I thought there'd be champagne there already. <laughs> Where is the champagne so we can get into the black tank? What are they asking you for? Do they want houses? So, <laughs> so ooh, we have no idea. But, but um, you know, at, at, the, at the risk of sounding petty, mm. um, here's what I'm going to say. We all have a responsibility towards our ecosystem, towards our environment, towards the people that we care for. Um, I'm no different. Um, I mean, I, I even had to give up my, my, my honors degree to study for my honors because I had to go and, and, work. Know, and work, right? So we all have that responsibility, but I think what is very important is to learn to have those boundaries because I have been taken advantage of severely, severely. Mm -hmm. And because I've always been trying to be the good daughter, and the good sibling and the good citizen. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm that person that really does go above and beyond. But I mean, there was a time when I got to a point where I've, I had overextended myself. When you start taking bank loans just so that you can meet people's expectations, then you know there's something And also you start, to feel, you start to fuel it, yeah. right? Because, and of course. Yeah. And that's how I actually started putting up boundaries. I started thinking about it. I said, these people are not on my wheel. These people, what are they going to do when and I'm they gone? They're not on your wall. Of course. <laughs> why, why would they even expect anything <laughs> from me? <laughs> and, and, and so, in fact, the, the, the very important point is that we enable this mm. dependency. Because remember, if you keep getting money you didn't work for, why should you even try to Correct. find work? Why should you even hustle anything? So, but whatever your responsibility is, if you're okay with it and you have a great relationship with people, that's okay. I think for me, it started to get to a point where, I mean, people won't even call me on my birthday to wish me a happy birthday. People won't even call to find out how are the kids doing, but they know how to find me when they want When they want money. money. They know how to. So there's all those things that Do you think people think Amanda's fine? Like, Amanda's fine. Like, we don't have to, like, wish her a happy birthday. We don't have to you know, buy her a gift on Christmas Day, well, she's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's not a Amanda's fine conversation. I think it's a, there are givers and there are takers okay. in life. And takers I don't exist out there. They're right under your nose. They're in your own home every yeah. single day. So um, they, they, they just took and didn't want to give. Was there a shift once you had children, got married? Because they always say, ah, oh, no, all you got to do is get married, <laughs> find yourself a man, uh, get some children, yes. and then everyone will leave you alone. Was no. there a shift? No, they never leave you alone. Take us, take. <laughs> they want to take. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, this is not just, I'm not just talking about family members. I'm talking about people who send me DMs. Yes, yes, yes. People send me WhatsApps, people who email me asking me for things. And I do so much. Mm. I take kids to school. I buy uniform. I, like, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and chronicle what I do. I do a lot. Yeah. And I don't do it for fame, publicity, celebrity, the things I do are things that are not in the public eye. But people somehow think I always have bucket loads of money sitting waiting for them to call me and ask me for it. But again, if you don't have boundaries, mm. you're always going to fall into that trap. Did things change when I got married? Uh, not particularly, but the older my kids got, the more I became a little more comfortable with the fact that I don't care whether people like me or don't like me anymore. I the more I actually started developing solid boundaries. And 
Of course, my mother is not going to go to bed without food. That's never going to happen. Yes. But even that has had to come with boundaries. Mm -hmm. That, okay, on the 25th of every month, you get money. So you have to start planning your life around that date. Yes. Not prior, yes. not after. And no, if you want something in between, <laughs> that Figure has to be done. Remember that if I have to give you something in between, I will take it out of the one that I give you At every month. End. So that... There's a discipline okay. to, to it all. Otherwise, I mean, I don't have a, a, a tap flowing of resources. Mm -hmm. I also have to use them and save for my kids. Not just, and not, not save for my kids, but, but invest in my kids' future as well. How um, has being a mom and how you've raised your children or how you were raised yeah. impacted how you are now raising your own children? Oh, <laughs> severely. Uh, in, in the sense that um, it's possible that I completely overcompensate yeah. as, a, as a mother, but I'd rather be that mother. So, and when I say overcompensate, I give, I, sh I like, I flood my children with love. Like, they, that's oh. one thing they never have to doubt. Please. I may never have had or, or hear a parent tell me they love me mm. and, or nurture me, or, you know, because I wasn't really raised um, in that sense. I grew up, mm. you know. And there's a big difference between those two. Um, but I'm there. I, I, I'm a present mom. I encourage them. I listen to them. I, I, I don't force anything down their throat. I, um, I actually acknowledge my children as what do they spiritual be? beings. What do they want to be? Like, I'm sure, I, I know as a mom, you're probably not supposed to, like, like tell your kids what they must be when they're older, but yeah. deep down inside, I'm sure there's a wish where you're like, I wish you decide to do this. No, 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 never. I want my children to be happy yeah. in whatever they do. Now think about it, Tando. We work so hard so that our children don't have to work for money. Mm. And for me, I would have failed as a mom if I don't make sure that my children's future is secure, yes. such that they never have to beg for a plate of food or work for money, mm. but work for passion and the money comes. So for me, I, I let my children be and they, I know exactly what they want to be what so far, but be? in the future. The twins are 16, so I think there's a bit of settling in terms of where they want to go. They want to go into art okay. and design. So character, design, animation, okay. visual art, that type of uh, field. And they've already chosen their subjects. That's what they do. In fact, they just got back from a tour in Europe. Art wow. and design tour. Rome, Milan, wow. <laughs> Florence. Wow, so they went nice. to every gallery you can think of, museum. You can yeah. think of. Those are things that matter That's to me. That's beautiful. And my son... Um, once his, ever since he was four, he's always wanted to be a pilot. He has, he know, he will spot an airplane out of the air and tell you what, what aircraft it is. To wow. tell you, it's a whatever, you know, I don't want to mention names just in case I'm not allowed to. <laughs> but, but he knows every aircraft you can think of. He Hi, he's highly passionate. He flies airplanes on Microsoft Simulator. That's crazy. So it's you say how old is he? He's 12. He's turning 13 wow. in November. That's amazing. So. And, and I think for me, it's about that, right? It's yeah. how fortunate are your kids and, and kids whose passions are being cultivated yes. at a young age because that's how you get the best of the best, the yes. cream of the crop. Absolutely. Um, there are many young people, just to wrap this interview up, but there are many young people who I think fear, they led by fear. Yeah. Fear prohibits a lot of people yes. from attaining a lot of things. Yeah. How do we overcome that? Well, I mean, you, you, you have two options. You either get on with it <laughs> and learn as you go. Yes. And I'm pretty sure when you started your own business, mm -hmm. your own entrepreneurial journey, mm -hmm. there were fears, but did that stop you from starting? Mm -hmm. No. 
Because if you don't start, you never actually know whether you're going to be successful or not. And in fact, if you don't start something, whatever it is you want to change, you will fail. You, you, exactly. You've already failed yeah. by not doing it. Yeah. So, and also you are, you are delaying your success yes. by not going for it. And fear is always going to be there. It's just learning how to not let it control you and take over your brain. Because yeah. the minute it does, then you're just going to be paralyzed. You won't do anything. So push on, uh, build it as you fly it. I think your story is, is incredible. It's, it's a story of overcoming pain, adversity, challenges along the way, and coming out on the other side completely victorious. Uh, I'm definitely taking a page out of your book, and I thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. I appreciate it. From come up games to success stories and everything in between. Catch the brand new vodcast series, Her Story Unplugged. Celebrating women's voices on 947.co.za.